hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Because everyone's streaming everything at home. I know. And that's why I try to like to record during the day as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, All that porn people are watching in the evening. (laughs) 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 I'm told. I love how that's the first place you went. <laughs> was porn. I was thinking Netflix, like Netflix and Netflix, not like oh, the Netflix yeah. and chill coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, David already um, brought down the conversation earlier, so I don't know if we could come back. Uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you what to talk to. He's flummoxed now. So we have a Rode um, microphone. Uh huh. And um, he always has to remind me to speak into the microphone because I get all worked up and I start talking to him and then the sound yeah. is good. So he's yeah. like, you stare at, you stare at the D and no, you I'll talk- stare at the O. Yeah. Oh, is that how it normally works? In your- <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> so as you can tell, we've already started the show. <laughs> this week we sit down with our great friend, Shannon McClay of Financially Blonde Martinis in Your Money podcast, and now The Financial Gym. Shannon got her start in the street in New York and in North Carolina, and now has gone on to help hundreds of other people, not only with her podcast and her website, but specifically face-to-face now with The Financial Gym. So let's dive into the show and find out what Shannon is doing and what has inspired her and how she's inspiring other people. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in-crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. Cool. But that's what I love about the gym is that people can just literally walk in. Nice. Well, and that's you know, one of the things I want to talk to you about. So maybe we should yeah. get started with the conversation. Why don't you introduce yeah. our show tonight, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously we already started talking, so we are excited to host one of our, I think our one of our oldest FinCon friends, Shannon McClay. She is um, originally we knew of, knew of her from Financially Blonde, and then she's had several lives since then. And now we've brought her on to our podcast today to talk uh, primarily about her new financial gym. So welcome, Shannon. Yes. Thank welcome you, guys. Thanks for having me. It only took you, I don't know, what, four months to invite me? <laughs> I know. Oh, you know, I was... <laughs> I'm like, what does a girl have to do to get invited on your show? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. And I don't do that. <laughs> really? No? <laughs> no. There I think, be a you special know... guy out there somewhere. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I do that with guys, <laughs> with women. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Well, so I was listening, um, I, I try to I make myself listen to different personal finance podcasts, podcasters, podcasts, so that I can 
hear what other people are saying and maybe challenge my own beliefs and whatnot. And the other day at the gym, I was listening to your show and you had on, um, why oh. did it bring that up? Did we lose you? Oh, I'm here. Okay. Uh, all of a sudden I made a bunch of noise. Um, so you had on, uh, Melanie Lockhart and, um, Tanya Stumphauser and, uh, uh, Mrs. Frugal was, I think, and yes, you absolutely. four were talking about efficiency and t- time management. You're all entrepreneurs. Um, you all have your crazy busy lives in your own way. And so you were talking about being efficient and it was like four thirty or five o'clock in the morning and we're at the gym and I'm literally laughing out loud, LOLing. <laughs> and you know, like it's at that time of the morning where people are like, why the fuck are you having so much fun? I hate you. <laughs> You're it's at like the gym. Nobody wants to be there. It's dark outside. <laughs> exactly. it's, like... it's cold and wet. And so David looks at me kind of disgusted, like, what are you listening to? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm listening to Shannon's podcast. They're all drinking and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I'm listening to your personal finance podcast and it's funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was very, very, very entertaining. And I realized yeah. I'm probably more like you in terms of my time management and using all those cool, fancy tools that are supposed to make you more efficient. And I'm a lot less, I would love to be Melanie, Melanie Locker. She, I know, right? She, she has all yeah. those tools and stuff. Yeah, for your listeners who haven't heard this episode, um, yeah, we were talking about different tools. Or everybody, what I love about the we do, we get together, me and the other three ladies, once a month for happy hour on the show, and I love that everybody has a different perspective. And so we were talking about time management stuff, and Melanie starts out the show, and she's just right in with like all these apps and stuff, and and websites, and like none of us knew any of them. I definitely, I knew one, you know. And, um, and so it was just fascinating because she uses all these things and they really help her. And, and I was saying, and I think Tanya was saying it too, that if I tried to use the app or the website, I, it would take me more time to figure out how to get it into my process, you know, and that would just, that would, and we were talking about being time efficient, you know, and I was like, I would just get stressed out with how to figure out how to incorporate it. And, um, yeah, so I just stick with Google calendar. Like that's my, that's what I use. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not technologically savvy. It, w- it would be more work for David if I tried to do, use those tools than it would be adding yeah. adding any value to our lives. <laughs> You've learned a few that you know better than me. So. It's because I am as old as I look. Twenty <laughs> nine. I was going to say twenty nine too. Oh, you guys! You guys! Right, I've, so got, clearly, I, I've got. I've got a birthday in a month and it, and it's I will literally be 39 but it's funny because like that's everybody does like the 39 and holding so I'm actually doing like a 39 and holding girls night out but but I'm like they're like oh that's funny I'm like no it's really the first time I'm hitting 39 <laughs> but I'm glad you think I look like I've been 39 and holding <laughs> Good for you. well your avatar here on Skype makes you look like you're 29 so. yeah thanks to airbrushing and a wonderful photographer what were you gonna say I was just gonna say so obviously we know shannon very well but yeah. um we still haven't allowed shannon to oh, introduce yeah. herself we, to everybody we, who's listening. we have people who have no idea who you are a bunch of gay men all across america right. <laughs> so who well, is shannon mcclain where did you come from yeah who am i where um i i think i said this on another podcast not too long ago i'm a five foot five blonde <laughs> hair not real blonde blue-eyed woman um which I, I love. I, I financially blonde. My podcast or my my blog came from um, from when I was working at Merrill Lynch, and uh, and they uh, I was working as the financial advisor, and one of the only women. I was the only new woman, new financial advisor in this group of twenty five wow. new advisors, and 
And I said, the whole experience just made me like uber feminine. And I'm not like an uber feminine kind of gal anyway, but I just went that way with all the testosterone. So I would wear dresses to the office and I had a pink purse and a pink calculator and a pink, I had a pink Marc Jacobs, uh, computer bag and, you know, just like (laughs) went that direction. And I used to have these cute folders on my desk and people would walk by my cube and they were like, uh, what, what is this? You know, I was like there, I don't like the Merrill Lynch folders. These are cute. <laughs> and like, my clients like them. And at one point, so, a lot of people said, you're like the L Woods. Of That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every gay man listening to the show can understand what she's talking yeah, about. <laughs> exactly. We all know what I'm talking about. So, um, except for some younger folk who've never seen Legally Blonde. Um, but, but I said, yeah. And, and so I kind of embraced that and, and what just like L, um, and just like me is like, we were both very underestimated for our, our blondness, but, um, but I like to use it in my, in my power. I've worked in male dominated professions pretty much since I was 14. I, I started working when I was 14 in a bagel store and it was me and four big Italian guys. And, (laughs) Um, and, and that was like, that was how it started. And then I, I worked at Best Buy, which is a, you know, a lot of guys working there, electronic store. And yeah. then, uh, in college, I was in college. And then I started working right out of college on, um, the trading floor at Bank wow. of America oh, in Charlotte. Yeah. That's and cool. so I was 22. I started working on, um, the trading floor. There were 260 people on the trading floor and 15 were women. Wow. Yeah. And I remember one of the first, uh, one of my first weeks there, one of the senior salespeople told my boss, they're, they're in different areas, but told my boss, not in front of me, but my boss told me what he said. Um, Thanks for decorating the trading floor. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I've been dealing with this for quite a time. Like we just said, I'm 30, I will be 39 and holding and not dealing. So, so 17 years of, so I, yeah, I worked as a, on the trading floor in an investment banking job for, um, for about 10 years. And then I worked, I worked for a hedge fund for a little bit. So also heavily male dominated. Then, um, I realized at, some point I was in my early thirties. I said, you know, I could really use a financial advisor. Cause I just feel like I have stuff all over the place. I was married at the time with a kid and looking to buy a home. And, um, and I was working at Merrill Lynch and I actually worked with a lot of Merrill Lynch financial advisors. And I thought this is going to be so easy for me to find a financial advisor. Cause I'm working with all of them. Mm-hmm. And when I started the process of thinking of finding somebody for myself, I just became more aware of my environment. And so what I realized is 85% of financial advisors are men. And I would say not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, I married one, I birthed one, men are fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I thought, what if somebody wants something different, you know? Um, and, and it wasn't even just like 85% are men. It's a certain type of man too. I mean, it, the old white guy is is heavily predominant in, mm. the, uh, in the financial advisory space. Um, and I just thought, what if somebody wants something different? And so I, um, I was talking to one of the managers of one of the offices who was a friend of mine and he was like, I'll, I'd hire you in a heartbeat. And I thought, you know what, if you can't beat him, join him. Right. So mm-hmm. I decided to become a financial advisor pretty much. Cause again, it was like a boys club I wanted to break. And, <laughs> um, and I, uh, and I wanted to help people and I really wanted to help women or, or anybody who wanted something different from an advisor. And what's really interesting is I had this whole 
view. I thought it was just going to change financial advisory and, and all this stuff. And what happened was while I was working at Merrill Lynch, becoming the Elwoods of personal finance, um, I was meeting a lot of, I was, I had a lot of high net worth clients. So you had to have 250,000 or more in assets to work with, with as a Merrill Lynch financial advisor. Um, but I was meeting people who didn't have that. And I, I lovingly called them my pro bono. So I, you know, they were like, Hey, can you help me with my money? And I was like, sure. And they were like, okay, I have $250,000 of student loan debt. Um, and yeah, I've got this, <laughs> yeah, or I have $10,000 saved, you know, or whatever. And all these people kept coming out of the woodworks and I didn't have a way to help them at Merrill, but I, it was like this dirty little secret. I was helping them on the side. I was like, okay, do this, this and this, you know, and I started creating plans for them and, and they were like, I'll pay you to help me. And I just didn't have a way to take their money, but I really just, it wasn't that difficult for me to do a plan for them. And I said, I had this. Um, my aha moment, Oprah epiphany week uh, where I was at Merrill and I was working with this couple. Um, they had over a million dollars invested with me and we were reviewing their portfolio and they were just bitching cause it was down 3%, you know, the market was down percent and I, and they were both making six figures, you know, and, and it was just a temporary setback. And I was just, the whole meeting, I felt like I was losing my soul. You know, the, it was just like, this is, people have worse problems than this. And, um, and so that, that was like the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, I was meeting with a pro bono client and I literally just put together a plan for her on a word document. It was like, it was, it was nothing to it. It just said, you know, kind of like do this, this, and this laid it all out for her. And at the end of it, she looked me in the eyes and she said, you know, you're saving my life. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, Oh, okay. I just got my soul back. <laughs> you know? And, and this is what I need to be doing because every financial services company, every, everybody wants to help that couple on Tuesday. Everybody wants the people who have it all figured out and the money. And, um, the reality is just FYI, no one's got to figure it out. Right. But like right. everybody wants that, that couple and they want to give them all these services and all this attention, but nobody wants the people, the other people like my pro bonos. And, and, you know, they want to give you websites and apps. And I said, you know, the world doesn't need another website or an app. You know, on, there's a recent study that says we use four apps at, on average a day, right? Yet yet funding still keeps going to apps, you know? <laughs> right. And and what I say with the apps is like, it's great for a DIYer, but, but a website or app is only going to solve one part of your problem, right? So if it's an investing app, like you know, or Betterment or something like that, that's going to help you with investing. If it's Policy Genius, it's going to help you with life insurance. If it's um, Mint.com, it's going to help you with budgeting. But who's going to put it all together and put all the pieces together? And um, and that's that's what I wanted to do. I, wanted, I, I said, you know, we say at the financial gym that people are, are more than algorithms. And, um, and we understand that. There is a unique journey. There's a unique adventure people are on financially. And, um, and we're set out to, to helping them achieve it and giving them personal attention they need. So I left Merrill, uh, it'll be four years this summer to start the financial gym. And, um, and it's funny cause I like, I left Merrill and, and I thought, 
this is the best idea ever. Like everybody's going to want to invest in this. This is going to be so great. And four years later, I, I still struggle to get investors because I'm not an ab- a website or an app. And uh, most investor, most venture capital investors are, are male and they, they're like, I don't get what you're doing. And, and money's very personal and it's very emotional. And um, I think a lot of guys don't, don't see it like that. I think hetero guys don't see it. We actually have a number of, of gay clients. Um, I said our, our biggest population of clients are women and gay men and the, and the loves that are with them, you know, somebody, (laughs) so, um, that's what you find, but you know, so it's hard, it's hard marketing it to people who don't see it, but we, our client base just keeps growing all the time. So we are continuing to grow too. And, and we'll eventually, the plan is to have financial gyms across the country. That's awesome. So officially the financial gym just launched, launched last summer, right? Yeah. So the first location opened in New York in October. So I started, yeah. So I started the process. I always wanted, I I always had the idea of a financial gym actually, when I was thinking about leaving Merrill and and doing something different and helping people, I thought, well, it can't be the way it's been done before. And it's not a website. I'm like, what's a way to help people with their money. And while I, when I just started working for Merrill, I had just come off a weight loss journey. I'd lost 50 pounds that I gained after having my son and all this other stuff. And, um, and I saw a lot of similarities with my clients money journeys as I did with my weight loss journey. And I thought at one point I was like, you know, when you want to lose weight or get physically healthy. Like you guys are just talking about, you were at the gym, you know, the other morning, like there's so many places you can go to work out your bodies. But if you wanted to work out your money situation, where would you go? You know, like where could you, and my, my thought was that I want people to have a place where they can just walk in, you know, and literally see a financial gym sign and say, you know what, I I can go in there. And just kind of like H and R block, you know, you could walk in an H and R block and get tax help. I want, you know, you walk into financial gym, you can get overall financial planning help and it doesn't matter what your balance sheet looks like. You could have a million dollars in the bank. You could have a hundred dollars in the bank. You know, we've had, um, we've had clients literally start with us with $200 in the bank and we charge a monthly fee and, you know, they literally were like, this is so important to me. Like I, I need to do this. I, I can't get out of this by myself. I need the help. So it's, you know, worth it to me. And, and I'm thinking of this one woman in particular who started with $200 in her account and she ha- now has over $5,000 in the bank nice. in, um, a little over a year. And, wow. um, so, you know, at, that's, that's what we're here. We're here for no matter what you look like, whether you're financially fat, you know, we call those the chubbies, um, or financially skinny or financially fit. We, we got something for everybody. So it's interesting. (laughs) You, uh, you say that you, what you're talking about and helping people, I think a lot of people who, who don't meet those minimums that the big firms have set as a standard, oftentimes, Mm -hmm they, because of that, they just don't have the confidence to think about or talk about their finances. So they just stay in that rut or in that hole and and they they don't go seek advice or look for ways to think about being wealthy. But there are plenty of people who started out there and now are millionaires. Yeah. And I think it's really hard when you're on your own doing it. Like I said there, and I, again, I, I think about, I think we use a lot of physical fitness analogies with with financial fitness analogies at the gym. And 
I think about it so much that there are people who can just like you guys get up at four 30 in the morning, and go to the gym and do a workout, you know, and get it done. And then there's some people like who will only go if there is a trainer there, you know, waiting for them to kick their butt, you know, or, um, or it, there's a class going on and there's other people there, you know, and that's the, the motivation thing. And we have classes and group work at the gym too. And, and that's the thing we want. There's something for everyone. You know, if you are a self-starter, like fantastic, like just do your thing. We have plans where we could just do a plan for you and you're on your way. But we see the majority of people really need ongoing help. Um, and, it's, it's for a lot of different reasons. I mean, like I said, even clients who have wealth who, who are working with us, um, they want the accountability. You know, a lot of them, they, they want and need the accountability of somebody saying, okay, now what, what are you going to do? How are you going to push yourself to the next level? I just, um, I got the best, I got the best email this weekend from one of my clients and, um, she is, she's 31 and I, I give her an example all the time. We started working together. She, uh, she just wasn't, it took her a while to get into a stride and every quarter we would meet, we, she and I would just fight because she was like, <laughs> you know, cause I, she wasn't saving enough. She wasn't hitting her goals. And I was telling her she was making progress, but she wasn't really happy with the progress she was making. But meanwhile, she chose to live in an apartment that cost half of her, it, it consumed half of her income. And I told her, you're going to have to take another job. Like you are going to have to work harder if, or go out less. Like you're just going to have to do that. And we just fought every time. And she did. Then she started babysitting more and babysitting more and, and all this stuff. And, and by her one year review, when we started working together, she had like, she had a little less than $5,000. And by her one year review, she had 10 and actually she had 12. Sorry. I, my goal for her was 10. She had 12 and she was just beside herself, like so happy. She's like, I've never had this much money in my life. And, um, and then, um, I told her, what are we going to do next quarter? Like we got to do something bigger and stuff. And, and so I set the goal for 15,000 for her for the next quarter. And all year she was pushing me thinking she couldn't do the 10, but then she hit the 12. And then when I threw out 15, she was like, yeah, like, that's it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, the email I got from her this weekend, the, the subject line was check me out in all caps <laughs> with like the, the celebration emoji. And, um, and she said, I'm crying. Look what, what I look, what we did. She said, and it was a picture of her bank account. She's got $15,000 in it. Nice. Oh, nice. That's awesome. And, That's cool. And I emailed her back and I was like, you did it. I knew you could. I'm so freaking proud of you. And she wrote back, but seriously, never in my wildest dreams that I think I could save 10,000 basically in one year while living in New York on my salary. She's like, I'm pumped. I know I don't make it easy on you, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You earn every dollar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. She's like, this seriously never could have happened without your tough love. I so appreciate you. And I, I, I just crack up because literally she her sister's also a client and her sister's like, I don't know what you guys do, but she's always so angry after your meeting. And, and I was like, well, she's just an angry person. Right. And, and they were like, no, she's actually not an angry person. And I was like, oh, I only know her angry. Um, but now like emails like that, I'm like, oh, she does have a nice side. Um, but you know, it's sometimes it, it, it is, work like that. Like it took her a solid year to break through. She was having, cause, cause you know what happens? Sometimes you're on the journey and you'll have setbacks, just like getting physically healthy. Like you'll, you'll lose like 10 pounds and then you'll go on vacation and gain five. And you're like, great. You know, like what just happened? You'll feel like bad about yourself. And it's easy to kind of go down a negative Nelly track, you know, and knock it out of it. But like, 
you know, when those times happen, like she had, she had a setback one quarter and I was like, all right, like get your big girl panties on and like, <laughs> you know, let's work harder now, you know, like, let's keep moving forward. You can't sit there and cry about it. It's done. You know, now let's fix it. Um, it's funny what you're describing here and the reaction that you had with her. It kind of reminds me of when we used to watch Biggest Loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, I, yeah, yeah. I say I'm like the Jillian Michaels of your money. That's what I, that's that. And I said, you might hate me and you're going to hate the sit-ups and like everything else I'm going to make you do, but you're going to love the results. Because right, <laughs> so, friends, right? Because some of those people, you'd watch that show and you'd be like, you just wanted to reach to the screen and strangle them and say, you realize they're trying to help you or just, (laughs) you need to leave. You need to get out of here. You know, obviously you're not worth, you don't think you're worth it. You're not putting the effort in. So go. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think uh, to some extent for her, it was a limiting belief. She, for whatever reason, thought she couldn't be financially successful or she couldn't save money. So not until you proved that she could save $12,000, did she think that she could actually save $12,000 or even more? Yeah. Yeah. She didn't. And, you know, honestly, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to, and if you don't push yourself like that, we were one of the, her third quarter review, we were kind of fighting because she was like, um, well, I just, I'm so frustrated because I'm not hitting my goals. And I said, but you can, you know, and she's like, I just feel like I'm babysitting all the time. I'm not having fun. I'm not doing this. And I said, but remember you chose to live where you live and you, you know, you're going to have to work harder to get out of it and, you know, or to get ahead. And then I said, she's like, well, I just feel like, you know, my goal is too high her cause of her savings goal. And I said, okay, what do you want it to be? 50 bucks, hundred bucks? Like, what do you want? Like I, cause it could and should be the number I gave you. I think her number is like $600 a month. I can't remember. And, um, I said, what do you want it to be? Cause it's your, I said, this is your life. Like, I'm just telling you, I'm just, you know, giving you ideas and thoughts, but like, it's your, whatever you want to do, if you want to keep doing the same thing and not get ahead, I I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's not my life. I mean, you're paying me a monthly fee, you know, but like, it's, I don't care. And, um, And she's like, well, I don't want to do that either. And I was like, well, then this is what you have to do. And that was just like, she just, it it was, she had to, and I have clients say this, it's like, we just had to get real. Like she has to get real with herself and, you know, and some people, for some people to get ahead, it is a lot of extra work. I mean, she really was, she was babysitting a lot. We had events at the gym and she would come work them uh, and, you know, work as a bartender opening doors or whatever. And she, you know, she took on extra baby, babysitting shifts. She was, and had a full-time job. And, um, she had to do that to, to get ahead. And I think the reality is that most people don't want to do that extra work, you know, um, it's, it's easier to not. And then it's easier to just make excuses like, Oh, well, I can't get ahead. Cause I don't make that much money. And you know, it's like, well, yeah, you don't make that much money in one job, but you could work two jobs. You know, like for her, I said, you're 31, you're single with no kids. Okay. So like you have unlimited time. You just kick her while <laughs> she's know? down. Right? <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I know. Like I said, getting real, like I'll get real. Um, but it, but that's the reality, right? It's like, I get that. I had a client once. She was like, I, she did, you know, was struggling with the money. She made a hundred and something thousand dollars a year working as a, as an attorney in DC. And she, but she had nothing saved and she had no money. She wanted to take her mom to France. And I was like, great plan. So, you know, and she, that thought she could do it for whatever she figured out she needed $2,500. And I'm like, where that's, where's that money coming from? Cause you don't have it. 
And uh, I said, you're going to have to get another job to pay for it. And um, she got a job working at Target on the weekends. And I, you know, putting on the red Target, even I was like, wow. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know if my pride, you know, it was tough when I worked at Best Buy. I never wore the Best Buy shirt in college. Like, I I wore a white undershirt because I didn't want people to see me wearing that blue shirt. (laughs) But, um. And I'd be embarrassed when I saw people at at work, uh, like my, my fellow students, but, but I said, I was like, you know, I gave her so much like, uh, like whatever, um, credit because she worked on the weekends at Target for a number of weekends and saved the money for, to go on that trip with her mom. That was life-changing. She and her mom, it was like a life-changing trip and, you know, she didn't put on her credit card. She wore the target red shirt and khakis for months. And that's what she would have done in the past, right? It just put it all on her credit card and thought she'd pay for it later. Yep. Yeah. And you know, not even pay for it later. So would you say that's the biggest value that you provide is um, acting as that accountability to your clients? Yeah. I tell people I think 90% of our clients hit their financial goals and have success over, you know, a year of working with us. And I think, I think a hundred percent of them would say it's because of the accountability because there's somebody they know every quarter when they sit down, we, we lovingly call it the way in, but somebody see everything, you know, and we can all put on a good show to our friends and other people and say, you know, we, we have credit card debt or we don't, or, you know, or brush it off, but you have to sit there and look across the table from somebody and answer why you spent X amount at amazon.com or why you did, certain amount, you know, on seamless or wherever you live and whatever you're spending on. And, um, and that's, (laughs) yeah, but you know, what's funny. I was like, I, I, one of the questions we ask at the gym, it's actually the last question we ask of when we're doing the, the first initial meeting with clients. The last question we ask is what's important to you. And, um, because, I, we really do want to know, like, what is important to you? Is it, is it wine? Is it going out? Is it shopping? Is it, you know, whatever it is, because we want our clients to have what's important to them. And I think what happens with spending and, you know, this is where the accountability comes in is it's easy to make everything important when you don't have focus, you know, or it's like, there's so many distractions in life and so many ways for us to spend our money easily, especially with credit cards and things like that and, and lifestyle. And it's so easy to get distracted. But, um, but when you have focus and clarity and you have somebody saying like, but Hey, here's what's important to you. And, you know, you want to make sure you have money for the things that are important to you and it's not getting wasted on the things that aren't important to you. And, you know, I had a client in for her quarter review, uh, last month and she had to spend a lot on shopping. And, uh, you know, I, I am okay with like, if people always think I'm going to like give them crap about (laughs) everything. And I'm like, I'm really not that bad, but but I told her, I said, you know, you didn't say shopping was important to you. You told me that having less credit card debt and feeling less anxiety about your spending was important to you. Those were the two things you told me. You didn't say shopping was on that. Right. I said, is shopping on it? Like, did I miss it? Like, you just forgot? And she's like, no, it's not, you know? And I'm like, okay, well then we need to do less of that. <laughs> right. So David and I always ask ourselves, um, you know, do we want to have the margarita here in Denver or do we want to have the margarita on the beach and inevitably in Mexico and inevitably we always want to have it on the beach in Mexico. So we always 
Although we did go out for Mexican last week. <laughs> <laughs> we allow ourselves to go out for time. Yeah, but you know, treats like that, I, I, I totally have that. I tell that to clients too. I mean, you have to have little rewards along the way. And I think it's funny. I've had times with, with clients where I've told them, I'm like, I think you should use part of your tax money and go shopping and buy, you know, some outfits. And they're like, what? I can't believe you just told me to go shopping. <laughs> I'm but out I, of here before you change your but mind. I, yeah, but I could see that they need that. You know, like I had a client who she's 51 years old living at home with her sister and her, the house she grew up in. And, you know, she's just, just struggling. She's been divorced seven years and like in a bad place and wants to move out, but can't really figure out if she can buy a home or not. And she has the cash. She has over $300,000 in cash, but she doesn't know if she could pay the mortgage ongoing and all this stuff. So, so we're doing this work and, um, and she has her first quarter review and she's got a shopping thing too. And so I said, so I noticed, cause I see, we see all of it, the credit card, debit card transactions. And, um, I'm like, so I see there's some shopping trips and she's like, yeah, that's my therapy. Like on weekends when I'm just kind of depressed to be home, I go out, I go to Starbucks and I go shopping. And so when we were doing her exercises, you know, we do the, you know, we, the trainers and the clients come up with their exercises for the next quarter. I said, okay, how do we make shopping more healthy for you? Cause like, I'm not, and I told her, I'm not going to tell you to not shop because I understand the need for it. Like that is your therapy and you're going through a lot and I'm not going to take that away from you, but I want you to do it more healthily, you know? So how do we not spend as much or how do we, you know, kind of rein it in a little bit and do it in a healthy manner. And so, you know, we came up with a few things. She's only allowed to buy food at Target now. She can't go into the shopping section. Uh, <laughs> and, she's, uh, and then I said, maybe we can do a cap, like $50 a trip, you know, like, let's just like test yourself to see if you can, you know, stay in a limit. And then she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to force myself to try on clothing because I don't like to try on clothes because it's like, I hate the mirrors and I hate whatever. And I'll just buy things and I never end up returning them. So I think I'll return them and I never do. So her, she is literally, um, planning to try on clothes to save money. And I just like, I love stories like that. I love that because like that's, I've been doing this for almost four years now. And that's the first client exercise I've had where a client's going to try on clothes. To save money. <laughs> and, like, and you know, what's like hysterical is that's going to work for her. She emailed me back. She got a B. We all clients get graded too on their <laughs> weigh-ins and she got a B and she knew she did some things well and didn't. And then when I sent her the thing, you know, after our meeting, she said, I'm really excited. I'm going to get an A next quarter. <laughs> and nice. I know she is cause she's going to shop and, you know, instead of spending $200, she's going to spend 20 and so, it'll be great. That is awesome. So you, you said two things that piqued my interest. The one is you have exercises for your clients that you go through. And the, and the other is that you grade them each quarter. Can you expand yeah. on that? Both of those? Yeah. Yeah. So just like there are, you know, exercise, physical exercises, you, there's financial exercises you can do. And, you know, what I hate is people saying like, that, you know, I, I, I tried to get my money situation. I, I, I just, it's just not working. My money's not working and I just can't get it to work. And I'm like, but are you really trying, you know, yeah. like Be I honest. over, yeah, I weighed over 200 pounds. Right. And I like, wasn't losing the weight because I really wasn't trying, you right. know, I could do it for a week and then I go back to my old behavior. So I really wasn't trying. I had to really do behavior modifications and change things before I started losing the weight. And it's the same thing with money. It takes work. You're not going to save a thousand dollars or, 
you know, whatever, pay down $2,000 of debt by not doing anything and making serious change. So, right. so well, we what, have financial exercises. One of the things we used in our podcast this week uh, is that chance is not a strategy. You, know, you actually have to have a real strategy and you have to work your strategy if you want things to happen. Yeah. I mean, we would all love chance to work for us, right? I mean, like, it would be way easier. Um, but like, it's the reality is it's not going to happen. And, you know, people ask all the time about our successful clients and we have, you know, a, a number of successful clients. I mean, 90% of them are, but they're all working hard. It takes time. Like they are, they are coming to their quarterly meetings every quarter. They are doing their work. They are doing stuff after our meetings, like whether it's expense tracking or whatever. They're they're doing the hard work. And you know, the great thing is, just like with your physical health, if you put in the work, you know, you eat better, you work out more, you're going to get results. If you do the same with your money, you're going to get results too. Yeah. yeah. I always think it's it's very intriguing how the, the parallels between exercising and dieting and all that and and money are so close. Yeah. Oh yeah. So let, let me ask you you one of the things you mentioned earlier was this idea of being a chubby. I mean I Yeah. I remember I remember Why did you look at me when you said that? The, no, I know. I was, I was like I realized after I said chubby I was like mm, maybe in this crowd. I um Well, I chubby. I remember when I first started That's going good. to the gym um and I'm 5'10, 10, 10 and a half and I weighed 186 pounds, so just shy of 200 pounds. Um I was 27 or 28 and I honestly didn't feel fit uh, when I went into the gym and I was very self-conscious about it. But you talked about somebody being chubby, somebody being fit and somebody being skinny. So mm-hmm. what yeah, are the, those? There's financially the same analogies. And you know, what's interesting is like that you're talking about the uh, not feeling like that. I think it's, and I say this a lot, that people have an idea of their physical health pretty easily. You know, like we know, like we know when our clothes are tight or, you know, we're in a different size, a size we don't want to be, or, you know, uh, whatever, like you felt going to the gym that, um, that is, uh, you know, we know that, but with financial health, I, that problem a lot of people have is a, they don't know what financial health looks like for them. You know, people come in all the time and they're like, do I have enough saved as, do I have too much credit cards? Like what, you know, what, and, and people don't really know because there's not a set thing out there. It's not clear. You know, we know what physical beauty looks and should look like, but physical uh, financial beauty is much more complicated. And, um, and I think it's interesting when people, I think a lot of people don't necessarily get help because I think a lot of people are scared because they're yeah. scared what you're going to say. Right. right? And that's true. you're, you're scared. It's like stepping on the scale, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to know that it says you're over 200 pounds, but the reality is you are right. And, um, and so, so you're scared, so you don't get help or, um, or maybe you think you're doing really good and you don't need help and maybe you should be asking for help. And, um, yeah. And so people, and then the other things, people just don't have a place to go. But what I love about having the gym and, you know, we have our first location in New York and we plan to have them across the country. We also work with people virtually, but if you come into the gym in New York, um, we have 
tissues and wine. Like, <laughs> like that's like our number. I'm coming over. <laughs> our, those are our top two inventory items. They're tissues and wine, and uh, and it's because it, there's a lot of stress around money, and and there is this like just like you're feeling going to the gym and feeling like you didn't belong, you're not good. People feel like that when they come in about their money, and that first meeting when we meet with clients, it's called, we call it the financially naked session where, you know, they're telling us everything. And I can't tell you how many people have cried during that. And it's just because they're, they're telling all these numbers and they're, they're judging themselves, you know, before we even say anything, they're like, they're put themselves in this big bad light. And I, what I always say to client, when I train my trainers, I said, first of all, when people get financially naked with you, that is, um, they're honoring you. Like they are letting you in on something that most people in their life don't know, you know, because money is more taboo than sex, you know? So they're, they're allowing you into someplace really personal. So, you know, we treat it as such. And then, um, but also that, you know, the important thing is to tell people, and and we say this all the time that whatever, we don't care how you got here, what, and what you look like, financially, we just care about where you want to go. And, you know, if you put in the work, we're going to be there along the way. We're going to make sure you get there and everything, anything you do financially can be undone. Anything, even a bankruptcy. I mean, there is nothing you do financially that can't be undone. It's just a matter of how much work it's going to take to undo it. Right. You need to have that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that you could do it and, you know, and you can. So you said you have a lot of gay clients. What, um, what, uniquenesses or um, differences do you see in the gay community maybe that um, stands out compared to the straight community if anything yeah uh, our little RPA guys Um, (laughs) and actually I think this is motivated behind the gay skin or your skinny fit and chubby there's there's that whole uh, Will and Grace episode about gay skinny and straight skinny and the difference Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah and actually you know that's an that that translates into money, you know? So, so what do I see, uh, you know, with my, our gay clients is this, um, overspending for, for a look, you know, and for a lifestyle that they feel is necessary to, to attract people that they want to attract. And, um, and what's interesting is that there's a lot of financial messes behind the scenes and, and there's this like, And there is a lot of like shame and guilt and whatever with the financial situation because you look fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. And like you're living this fabulous life and you're having brunch and, you know, every Sunday and, um, or going out to the clubs and like, you look great in your designer shirts and whatever. But, um, (laughs) but like your balance sheet is a nightmare, you know, like your bank account is like, and the credit cards are a mess. And, um, and there, there is a lot of that and, uh, and, and fear and stuff like that for, you know, being the downer person or being, and, and we, I think we talked about this on my show, like you guys felt that. And, and I see that a lot more in the gay community than I do in, in other communities. Um, and, and interestingly enough, like with some gay couples, there's, there's struggles too, with one person maybe wanting to be more financially healthy and the other not. And, and I see it with hetero couples too. I mean, they, they, there are couples that are mix, mismatched in as far as how they want their financial lives to look, but, but I see a more of a struggle in the gay community that, and, um, and it's hard to get both people on board and yeah. 
and, and you guys found this. And I think, you know, the best way we overcome that is if you're in a couple and one of you maybe would like to stop spending as much and get things under control, um, is finding joint goals. You know, like you guys have yes. the joint goal of the beach, the Marguerite on the beach that is highly motivating. Um, some couples don't have that, you know, they don't have clearly defined joint goals, you know? And, um, everybody doesn't want to go to the beach and drink a margarita. I know, right? Yeah. What is this world? Coming to? But is I, think, it- I, I think there's a struggle too, because, um, you know, with, with, I see more with hetero clients, there's a, there's a, the fixation of a home possibly down the road and children are always set, kind of seem to be a possibility. Um, I have some clients who are like, no way kids, but, but for the most part, kids are a possibility. And with gay couples that, that those kind of two big expenditures are not necessarily always a priority. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have something that, you know, is going to, uh, you're going to need a lot of money for in the near future, you know, the next five ish years, then you don't have focus on it, saving anything. Yeah, I think that's one of the struggles that we have with our community is that we do have close to a trillion dollars in disposable income in the United States, but compared to our straight peers, we only have about six thousand dollars more saved, um, and we don't, you know, eighty percent of us don't have children, so the, yeah. that disparity just really doesn't make sense. And I think a lot of it is to keep up the appearances that we do have this fabulous life. And for whatever reason that is, whether we're making up for feeling inadequate when we were younger, or if we feel like we're going to be ostracized from um, our, our current community, whatever, but um, we're not doing ourselves any favor by not addressing that. So I think it's great that, that you see that disparity and that you're able to address that. Right. Yeah. And one I of mean, the things, yeah, sorry. I was going to say one of the things that John and I like to do on a regular basis is to ask, to check in with each other. Have our goals changed? Are we still in the same swim lane when it comes to where what our goals are, or at least in the same pool? Yeah. <laughs> so that we can keep going in the in a similar direction, rather than finding out that our spending is diametrically opposed, and we're never going to get be neither of us going to be able to get to a, the goal that we want to have. Yeah, and I think you know you guys are a testament to it that you both had, you know, the common goal and the common goals together and both being focused on that and fixated on it, um, brought you closer together and helped you achieve your goals faster. And, you know, you, you guys get to be each other's accountability partners, you know, and I love, I love seeing my couple clients like get together and the ones that are the most successful really are the ones with the most clearly defined goals. And, um, you know, and the, and the more near term they are, you know, the, the more focused they are on making them happen. And, you know, it is a struggle. The clients I struggle with a lot are the clients who don't really have a specific goal, you know, mm-hmm. so they don't know why they're saving or they don't know why they should save, right? Because they could die tomorrow or, um, or what does it all mean? And, you know, what I tell those clients, and I tell anybody listening to this, if you, even if you don't know what it, it is, you know, that the it is for you, there at some point it could reveal itself to you. And, you know, the universe is going to present it to you. And what I say is I want my clients to be able to say yes and to be able to do it when that happens and right. not have money get in the way. And, um, and like, I, you know, I tell people in my story all the time, I didn't, I didn't have a, purpose in life really like, uh, you know, job wise until I was, you know, 34, I had the idea for this 
business. And so for 12 years of my working life, I just worked, you know, I just, and I used to tell people all the time, I'm not changing the world. I'm just making money. And, um, (laughs) you know, and that was it. But then it got to the point where I wanted something else in my life and I wanted to do something and I wanted to help people. And, um, and I had to make a lot of changes financially in my life to be able to do that because, you know, I, I created this lifestyle that, needed a very large salary and, uh, (laughs) yeah. And I call it being a salary hostage, you know, and there's nothing worse than that because, because, you know, again, I had no idea where my life path was going to lead, but at 34, you know, I had my aha moment and, um, and I want clients like, you know, it might not be till you're 44 or like 54, but, you're going to have an aha moment. And whenever that happens, I want you to be like, aha. And yes, yes I'm there. <laughs> I embrace that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a great, I love that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so if I'm from California and I hear this podcast and I want to work with you or somebody else at the financial gym, how does that work? We work with our remote clients, either via Skype, Google Hangout, uh, FaceTime or phone. So we're very flexible. It's funny. I actually was thinking about this the other day. I, we have a couple, we've had clients all over the country and, uh, I have a couple that we have only, they're just, they want to talk on the phone. Like that's their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've been working together. It'll be two years this summer and I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. <laughs> like I have no idea what they look like because we just, we've never had like a video chat ever. And, um, and I haven't like Google stalked them or anything like that. And uh, I literally could not, if they walked up to me on the street, I don't know like who they, like how I would know who they are. I mean, I, they'd have to talk to me for a little bit, then I'd figure it out. But, um, but yeah, we work, however, with people. Um, and it, obviously if you're in New York, like come and visit us and uh, you can just walk right in. We're at Fifth Avenue. Um, and you've got tissues and wine, so you yeah. can't you got tissues that. And wine. There's nothing. I, what's not to love about it? <laughs> right. I know where we're going in April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we do events at the gym. We do Wine and Learn Wednesdays. Like this next Wednesday, it's Wine and Learn Wednesday. We're doing budgeting boot camp because I said, you know, budgets are like diets. Nobody wants to be on one, but it's because like diets, people haven't found the right one, you know, for them. And there's actually a lot of different ways to budget. And, you know, if you're trying to do the one way that doesn't work for you and you're not successful, there's other ones and uh, other ways to budget. So we're So we do that. We have, you know, the events like that where we drink and um, talk about money stuff. And I just I love it because, Which you know, we have a great crying. community. <laughs> yeah. Usually there's just a lot of laughing and rowdiness on Wine and Learn Wednesdays because uh, every time the speaker changes a slide, everybody chugs wine. We call it the sip slide. So, um, and people just pass around bottles of wine. It's like, it's great. Um, and I love it because like I wanted to create this community of financially minded people, but fun, you know, like money is like challenging and depressing sometimes and emotional and all these things, but it can also be fun. And I love, we do events like that because like in the gym, you know, we always, we call it the gym because it's the gym. Um, in the gym, like you'll be hear people all the time, like oh, I make seventy thousand a year, or I have this much in student loan debt, or my credit score is six fifty, and all these things that are typically taboo conversation, everybody's just thrown out there, you know, <laughs> and um, and I love it because it's just it's a free zone. Well, it's got to be cathartic just to say it out loud to somebody. It is, Whether you know, they remember it for, or not. You've said it. 
Well, you know, and John, you bring up a great point about the cathartic because, and to the point of somebody who's listening to this and thinking like they're scared or, you know, I don't want to, I'm scared. I don't want to know. I don't want to go through it or whatever. Most clients, um, after they get through that financially naked session, it actually feels better for them, you know, cause they got it out there mm-hmm. and, um, they did the weigh in and the person sitting across from them didn't like make them feel like crap. You know, it mm-hmm. just like, and, and what happens is like that I love is like, even when clients have bad quarters or bad times, they always end up leaving or finishing a session feeling better because we're going to put a plan together, you know? So even if you had a setback, every session ends with what are we going to accomplish in the next three months? Okay. Like, so here's, that's what that's done. You ate the cheesecake, you know, fine. <laughs> you, work it off, you know, so. Okay, Blanche. <laughs> Midnight cheesecake with the girl. <laughs> exactly. So like now what are we going to do? And, and there is this like hope and, and okay, now I'll, I'll accomplish something here. We have the plan at least in place for how to move forward. And, and that's what I'd say to people, you know, is to just, um, to try it out. Um, you know, we make it the plans affordable so that people can, um, you know, people ask me at too, like, do you think I can afford it? You know? And I always say we invest so much money in our physical health and, you know, our, our plans really kind of start about $85 a month. And I'm like, that's like a gym membership. So you would invest that in your physical health. I feel like financial health is, just as important, if not more so. And I feel like that's an important investment to make. And, you know, we've got hundreds of clients who would say that's, that's affordable, you know, because, um, because of the change that they've experienced financially, um, with that investment. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I think what you're doing is fascinating. I think what everybody in the, in the FinCon personal finance community is doing is fascinating and great, but I think what you're doing is even a little bit more brave maybe because you've opened up a brick and mortar location <laughs> and yeah. a lot of us do our work virtually and a lot of and David and I get emails all the time of people asking if we they can pay us to coach them. And unfortunately it's just not financially viable for us to do that. The economies of scale isn't there for us, but you yeah. figured out how to do that at a, at a brick and mortar level. And that's yeah. great. Yeah, it's taken a while and it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the thing. That's why a lot of people don't do it, you know. Um, and but but there is a way to do it. And um, and you know, and I figured out the secret sauce. So <laughs> and now we're spreading it across the. You know, we're we're growing it. Instead of um, us asking for the secret sauce, we just decided to become affiliates of the um, (laughs) sponsors of the financial gym. So if anybody uh, is looking for uh, one-on-one coaching, no matter where you are in the country, um, uh, we will have a link to um, Shannon's financial gym on our website or on the show notes so you can um, access and find her there. Um, But I also wanted to talk about you had a book that was more of a a precursor to the gym called um, Train Your Way to Financial Fitness, right? Yes. I yes. do. It's still out there. It's on Amazon. <laughs> and was it. that, was that sort of like your, um, your, your, your thought process in, in creating an actual physical gym? No, I actually had the gym before that, but I, I wrote the book. I wrote the book. Um, really, it just kind of, it, it was, uh, it was based on the beginnings of my, what's now our financial training kind of philosophies and core ways of working with clients. But, um, I just saw that, that there, again, the similarities between physical health and financial health. And, and really there are three 
financial health types. There's a financially fit, financially skinny and financially fat and a financially fit person is doing well. Um, like you would think a financially skinny person's living paycheck to paycheck, not really getting ahead. And a financially fat person is, you know, a lot of debt or, you know, under saving all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and even four years, it's been two years since I've written the book and, um, I, I, the same rules apply. So there's a quiz at the beginning of the book and, um, and you figure out what your type is, and then you only have to read your section of the book and, and each type, and it has financial exercises in there and stuff like that. And what's really interesting is that people, a lot of people out there who, who think and feel they are financially fit, you know, so they're like, they, they think they don't need help, you know, like I, I'm fit. And I said, just like there's fit, there's fit people in the gym all the time, you know, there should be fit people working on their money, optimizing their money situation too. Cause I just had a couple in today who would definitely say they were financially fit, you know, a week ago when they sat down with me. And I think today they would know they still need work to do. You know, they, uh, she had $135,000 sitting in cash. And, um, you know, I, I mean, the, I, I, it's sick. It's like crazy to think what she could have made on that if she had it invested before November 1st, but right. you know, it's neither here nor there. Right. So she's got to get it to work, but, uh, and other things like that where, and they actually, what's really interesting with them is they're doing really well. But when I ask what's important to them, they both said having less guilt spending hmm. and like they both have spenders guilt. Like they don't know if, they can have an extra glass of wine at dinner or cause they're so frugal and so, you know, saving focused. And, and that is actually a common thing, um, with financially fit people. They, there's like a stress around spending. They're like it's almost, almost scared like, to do it. Almost like an anorexia, so to speak. It when is. it comes to your, it your... is, it's like, it's too healthy, you know, it's like it's the wrong direction. And, and, you know, it's funny because I've seen that before. So I was like, oh, I, I know exactly how to help you. And they were like, okay. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Get um, the extra glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is I was like, do you guys want a glass of wine? Because like, you don't have to worry about it. It's on me. And it was like, we first met, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. awesome. And she was like, oh, okay. I do too then. And so when they came in for their plan meeting today, I was like, God, the wine chilled guys let's go <laughs> awesome. let's start out so as, and, a, as a virtual yeah. client how do i get a glass of wine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you send coupons out <laughs> go to trader joe's before we have our call <laughs> yes. oh well you know it's, it's funny because i do i have virtual clients uh that you know they're eating dinner or like you know drinking while they're talking to me and the best was this one couple and they're still i love them to be because they've been working with me about over two years now they it was like it was I don't know. It was 11 in the morning, 10 in the morning or something like that was our call. And I was like, Hey guys. And they were like, yeah, we've got, um, we've got Kahlua in our coffee. this morning." <laughs> and they Those really did. And I, was like, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I was like, really? And I wasn't like shocked, but I'm like, I love that. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just drinking coffee now, but I love that you felt comfortable enough. And and, and even now, like usually we do their calls and it's like, it's, they're eating dinner. Like, so they literally are eating dinner with the computer <laughs> and they're eating and drinking. And I'm just like giving them the update <laughs> on the quarter. Nice. And I see the dog. I actually love the, I actually really like the virtual clients a lot because like I'll see the dogs, I'll see the cats 
you know, I'll see the babies like, you know, cause usually if they come to the gym, I'm not in their personal home, but like right. when we do the virtual stuff, like I'm in the space or I'm like, Oh, there's the refrigerator. That we just cool. came. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So for our listeners who aren't in New York city, um, we have a good, good chunk of those. Um, you can yeah. definitely still, um, work with Shannon or somebody on her team if you're interested in getting this kind of coaching, which I think is awesome. So we're so excited that you agreed to, to come on our show and, and share so your story. I'm so excited you finally invited me. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and you, we're all drinking. Exactly. Too. <laughs> we actually had to get up and get, get the bottle because we had to have our second glass already. Yes, same here. <laughs> same here. We so, don't judge. um, where can our audience find you? Yeah, they can find uh, me on financialgym.com. They get to find out more about the company and what we're doing. Um, they can find my podcast, Martinis in Your Money, Living a Better Life One Cocktail at a Time on <laughs> iTunes and Stitcher. And my blog is Financially Blonde, but um, that's mostly just where I put the podcast episodes now. So I'm pretty much mostly on Financial Gym now and Martinis in Your Money. And for the, there's an episode of um, Martinis and Your Money that on September 2nd, 2016, that was really good. <laughs> so I'd highly recommend, if you have to listen to one, listen Two to that really, one. really hot guys on that show. <laughs> the benefits of organic wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Actually, it was because of that podcast that uh, a reporter from U.S. News and World Report reached out to us to do an oh, interview. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that, um, it, it paid dividends for us. <laughs> I love that. I love when people, when they find people through my podcast, I actually just found a blog post that like literally this person found like a whole bunch of people from listening to my podcast. And I was like, Oh, I didn't oh, even know awesome. you listened to my podcast, but, um, yeah, I have great, I have, I really, I'm sure you guys are like this too. Uh, my listeners are just like amazing people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's such a great, community podcast listeners are the best yes yeah and very um committed or uh, loyal right you and you also have a very good a very strong community in your facebook group right yeah so we have yeah that's a we have a martinez in your money facebook group and i just i love everyone in there they're super supportive great people and um and i and i say this a lot i've said this in the group, I think, but I say this on my show that, you know, I have a lot of listeners who will like message me or tweet at me and they'll say, you know, I just feel like we would be friends, you know, like I hear (laughs) so much, I feel like we'd be friends. And I was like, honestly, if you think we'll be friends, we'll probably be friends because you hear me so much. Like, you know, you know know me better. I know you, but if you want to still spend time with me (laughs) after after listening to me for hours on my show, then yeah, we'll be friends. And and it's true. I, I love when we were in um, FinCon at, in San Diego, I ran into one of my listeners at the bar oh, in, the, in the hotel. Nice, nice. Yes. I hear Shannon and she was there because she knew FinCon was there and she was trying to find us, like oh, me, wow. like That's a few awesome. other people. Yeah. And she was like, can I buy you a martini? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this is a money saving tip. Have a show and have your, have your listeners buy you alcohol. Right. <laughs> one of those people like I had to do a buyback you know so I was like I gotta buy them around too because I just I can't but it was so fun yeah so awesome well cool well thank you so much for coming on our show we appreciate it thank you again for stopping by for another show we want to thank Shannon for sharing with us all these great stories of how she's helping other people if you're looking for help and want some face-to-face or if you're not in the New York area and you want some FaceTime or 
Google Hangout time with Shannon or one of her coaches, just go ahead to our website, the show notes, and click through to the financial gym. As always, we appreciate it when you like, comment, and share the podcast on iTunes or our website. And we appreciate that you've taken the time to uh, set aside some time to become money conscious, live debt free, and have fun. So have a great week. Thanks again. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Would help me if I had a personal chef made all all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts. So. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.